Welcome in episode two of the SVP and Rosillo podcast. Early results, strong episode to quite strong. Also, early criticisms. Um, Scott. <laughs> hey, why, why aren't you all doing more episodes? No one wants one big thing on here. Hey, I didn't ask to put it on there. They just did. We're going to get rid of that. So you guys will be happy. It'll be just, the, it'll be just this, like little breadcrumbs monthly. But listen, I, you knew no one would listen. I mean, you knew no one would pay attention to the fact that we said, listen, that's nine listens I just said. We knew people wouldn't necessarily pay attention to the fact that there wasn't going to be a bulk of these initially. <laughs> right? Nothing is funnier than what people thought happened to them. They thought we fake announced a podcast. Right. And then it was like, nah, we're just going to pump this thing full of one big things. And the guy's like, I don't care about Villanova. <laughs> and that's le- and that's a legitimate gripe because you didn't ask for that. That's not the content you were seeking when you uh, signed up for this. And, and 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 just to be crystal clear, I appreciate the folks here trying to find a home for that content from television, <laughs> but that's not what you guys are looking for. So this will be uh it'll be just this on here moving forward. So the first episode did did monster numbers and we're we're happy about that and we expect to. So the irony of you saying no one's listening. Well a lot, a lot of people are listening but weren't they, paying attention. They weren't paying attention. No. And I'm, I didn't know. I didn't know what the hell was going on either. And I'm like, why every day am I getting just dumped on for Van Pelt's one big thing? I kind of thought they're good. I liked them. I thought that's good content. Yeah, by the way, everybody seems to like those things. But, man, it is it is like showing up to Circuit City in the 90s going, hey, where's that Denon receiver <laughs> that you guys you guys said you had? And, and they're like, wow, you know, we sold out of the 350s, but the 450 – is really what you want. It's Quadraphonic be, sound. Yeah, your cassettes are never going to sound crisper. Four quads. That's a Buck Swope reference from uh, Boogie Nights. Um, where should we begin? I have a list of things. I've got I've got sizzling Chicago Hour content. I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> Ryan Dempster. Nope. Nope. It's, let's yeah. Let's do Kerry Wood versus Mark Pryor. Bigger, bigger disappointment. All Cubs. right. Ready. Go. Coming up in Cubs Hour. Uh, can I start just with some general observations about the city? Because you're a city guy. You've hung out here quite a bit. I have. I'm in the city again now. I'm usually here every other month. You're bi-coastal. Right. But I actually have had to leave um, at night to do stuff uh, that's whoa. work-related. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what kind of what kind of sneaky, off-the-grid stuff are you doing at night? Just stuff where I have to be back back in the mainland. Uh-huh. Um, but I want to start. I want to talk to you about stand-up comedians. All righty. Have you, when's the last time you saw a stand-up comedian? In my life? I don't know that I've ever gone to a show. You've never seen a stand-up comedian in person? <sighs> that blows my mind. There's a lot of stuff I don't. I haven't done. Like, I haven't seen a movie in the theater since... Um, what's the last movie you went to? Dory. Finding Dory. Mrs. Doubtfire. What's the, what's the last non-family-related movie you went to go see? Mm, Might have been American Sniper. That was a good one. Yeah, what what led like, to that? Was it was that you and the little lady? Yeah, it was. It was just, hey, let's go, let's go see a really depressing film, and we did. It was well done. Um, I don't know why that was the one, but as we've as ground we've covered here, uh, when you have rapid fire children, and then Bang. they're then they're hey now, um, so to speak. You got three little kids. Uh, not a lot of cinema in your life. Not a lot of nights out. 
at the old Cineplex with a $10 tub of popcorn or whatever they go for. I don't even know. That's how out of date I am. So, no, I haven't seen any movies lately, and I don't know that I've ever gone to see a stand-up comedian, but evidently you have. Yeah, but now I'm kind of stuck on you here because as a student of film... Mm -hmm. I took some classes... (laughs) <laughs> That's never not going to be funny to two of us, you and me. No. And I don't care. I, mean, the, if, I don't care if joke, anyone else gets the joke. The joke is over ten years old, <laughs> and it's still hilarious. And yeah. there's. I don't know if there's anybody that's listening to this podcast that will still remember what that joke is. You know what? Before we tell what that inside joke is, maybe we'll do it on the next one that's coming out next February. Yeah. But um, in the interim, though, tons of content we're going to shove down your throat <laughs> from the from the TV hour. <laughs> coming up, the Zubin Behente minute. Boom! Like, what is this doing? Why is Zubin's minute in the feed? Uh, I think I could be a stand-up comedian. I definitely think you could. You've got, you've got the first of all, you, you've got the gear for it. You just throw on a zip-up hoodie. You'd let the hair on your face grow out. You keep the, you keep your your hair up top. You know, whatever that length is on your. There's, there was plenty of bald guys last night. Say again? There were plenty of bald guys last night. Sure, that's what I'm saying. And, but you've got the look for it, and then you've got the demeanor. You got a great voice, great timing, and by the way, you're funny. So then there's angst. There's a darkness that that could seep into the uh, to the content. Why don't you do? Why aren't you doing this? Add this to what else you're doing: podcasts, writing, some stand up. Yeah, right. Because is there anything harder? No. Rosillo, why don't you try to also <laughs> join the UFC to find something even more difficult to do? Um, that I would do the worst at of any of the things. But I thought of a really opening, like a good opening line. I was going to try out some material on you right now. Is that cool? Go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Ryan Masillo. You'd be great at hosting it. That's tepid applause. Yeah, right, right. You walk up. All right, go. So you walk out there. I'd be afraid that people wouldn't get a lot of the stuff that I was doing, though. That would be the problem. Your Twitter feed's a pretty good indication of that. Yeah, and honestly, sometimes I go back and read some of that and be like, that wasn't even funny. It wasn't that no one got it. It just wasn't that good. Um, hey, hey, what's going on? Let's go. You guys uh, you guys paying attention to the uh, current events? That border thing, huh? Crazy. This is it? What do you think so far? Topical. I noticed that last night. A lot of topical stuff going on. All right, I have a different intro. I have a different intro. Ready? Uh-huh. How's it going? Nice crowd. I don't want to sound racist. <laughs> That's so. Okay, is there something else? But I hate Swedish people. Boom. Right? Because no one saw that coming. Nope. Who hates the Swedes? There are nobody. I bet you no one would even be offended if you said that. No, nah, the Swedes. They just they just laugh it off. They would laugh. Oh, that Rosillo. They would laugh and laugh and laugh. So, all right. Because nothing does make me laugh harder, though, than watching... Swedish racist comedy? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Um, Is watching Scandinavian families as tourists through New York City. Ah, so we've come full circle. As you're out in New York City and you're taking in the sights and sounds, you see Swedes as families wandering around. Are Are they jamming up the flow or are they are they... Are they swift? Are they nimble? No, they're so not nimble. They're enormous. They're freaking huge. There'll be an 11-year-old kid named Dolph who's just 6'6", and he's got the face of like an 8-year-old and the body of a white Charles Oakley, (laughs) and they're just always in the way, and the shorts are high in the uncool way, but there's always some sort of 
fanny pack mail purse thing. Yeah, but which, the giveaway is the sneakers. The minute that, like, oh uh, my we, god, the, as soon as you want to know, hey, is that guy just not? Does he not get it, or is he, or is he from Europe? Just look at the sneakers. But it's not even just. I'm telling you, it's it's kind of like Denmark, the Swiss. Swiss, you know, that's a different area, but so it's a Nordic. You have a, you have a you have a Nordic sort of a bent here. Yeah, on. right, right, definitely Finland. Sure, them too. But they're just enormous shoulders. Most of this is a compliment, by the way, and I've just noticed it all. Every time I see it, I just laugh hysterically. Like the father's a massive human being, and then he's pointing to stuff, and the mom is always enormous, and then the daughter's enormous. And she looks like little Dutch boy on the paint cans, but like a human form at six feet. Mm-hmm. And they've got a map, and they're trying to figure out if the Levi Strauss store is still having a big sale. And I'm just fascinated by it. I could watch Scandinavian people walk through New York City all day long. This is this is a this is going to be a, a, a segment of stand up right here. You're going to have to going to have to narrow the focus a little bit to to really to have these jokes land. I think. <laughs> Because I don't know how long sets are, but that's that's too long. That was it. I just gave you five minutes. I dragged. I dragged. All right. I uh, I agree. We could pivot though. Oh, you know what I will say though is that uh, Dan Soder, I believe, is his name. He was. Uh, do you watch Billions? Of course you don't. You don't watch anything. Nope. Yep. Still trying to figure out what the hell the last movie you went to by yourself was. You're gonna be like, ah, which mm. Pacific Rim? Um. He he plays Miffy uh, in Billions, and he, I, I I was like, oh, hey, that's that guy from Billions. That's cool. He's here tonight, and like, or he's the headliner, and he was unbelievable, really good. Okay, you had thoughts. What did you want to start with? Well, I mean, a great deal has transpired in the interim, and I I, I want to know this at the end of what just happened at the beginning of July. Do do we do we learn anything collectively? I mean, is there is there any kind of is there any kind of takeaway from Kawhi Leonard that applies to anything other than him? Because in my opinion, it's no. I think that the, the word unique is is really poorly used. Rare means there's not many of. Unique means one. I think he's unique. I don't think there's anyone else in this sport, maybe sports, all of them, that that we take anything out of that applies to anything else. I think it's he's just him. Totally agree. Think about how wrong all of us were. And I'm not even talking about that week. I'm talking about the Kawhi experience in general, whether it's his abilities as a player, surpassing all expectations, even those of the Spurs, the team that drafted him, they'll tell you, like, we, dude, we never thought he'd be this. They got him 15. I mean, Chris, you didn't think he was going to be this, a multiple MVP in the finals. People cannot believe this, but it's true. That draft, um, the way it worked out is the the Spurs were going to trade Tony Parker for the the Jonas Valanciunas pick and keep because they had George Hill. They're like, Parker's older, Pop loved George Hill, and he even said so when they were like, didn't want to trade him for Kawhi. So I have to go back and look it up again, but I've had a couple people, you know, I'd love to do something where you go back and say, this is something that actually almost happened. So that actually almost happened, but then I think Toronto ended up pulling it off the table and took Valanciunas, and you know, I think it's one of those deals when the Spurs call you and they're willing to trade Tony Parker, you start thinking like, wait a minute, maybe we should just say no to this if they like this guy that much. Um, how about, you know, the the thing that we've brought up numerous times, that he goes from, yeah, he's happy, he's content, he's a spur, he's the guy that gets it, he's quiet, he's he's the he's the superstar that does it the right way, right? Perfect, whatever, the perfect spur. Yeah, whatever the hell the right way means. A lot of times it's like we don't want to hear anything, we don't want to know anything about you, don't be interesting, just play basketball, which is unfair at times. Um, to then just 
He's like Tupac and Juice before he goes crazy, <laughs> right? Where he's calling up Durant and Durant didn't even know, like, he's like, I'm not even that close to them. And he's asking me to go be a clipper. And then Paul George, who may be as impressionable as anybody, Anthony Davis is definitely up there as well, where it's like, yeah, dude, I'll get the hell out of here. Let's go to LA. And Kawhi pulls this whole thing that week. And I had heard that he was trying to get Paul George either to Toronto, which makes me think that him returning to Toronto actually was a real option for him. But then once he knew he could get George to the Clippers, but also kind of confirms that I never really thought they'd want to play with LeBron. But also every little piece of information I heard that entire week, Scott, as I tried to say with you after the draft, was that he's a really hard guy to read. And the teams that knew were the teams that knew not to believe anything. Now, what you shared with me that week, because you you came on at the very beginning and you said anyone that tells you anything about Kawhi definitively is lying or they're, or they're making it up. And then I had you on after the first but before Kawhi decided where he was going. And I said, all right, you said that anyone that, that told us is lying. What can you tell me that's the truth? And we you laughed a bit. And that, that week, the text that you shared with me, like, well, everybody that's talked to him thinks they're getting him. And you shared that... that he was trying to get uh, George to Toronto, so it was. It's interesting to to try to piece together after the fact, like whether Toronto could have been if they were able to get George uh, to Toronto, would would that have worked? Like, would he have, would he have stayed? Like, I, I even after, I still feel like I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, it, it does. It does make sense. Like, but I, I, I don't could... know. I don't know if something else could have happened. Like, I don't know if if the George thing didn't happen, would he have been a Laker? Do we know that for sure? I even after it happened, I still feel like I had the le- the least amount of clarity as to what got us to the end game as anything else, and that too is unique. Yeah, I I knew the George thing because I shared it with you a couple of days before, and I go, I don't know what the hell this means, but I know that Kawhi at least is telling somebody on Toronto's staff. That it's get me Paul George. Because I've read, well, you know, this just proves Kawhi never really had any intent of going back to Toronto. I don't believe that. I believe if George, and they could have pulled some trade, I don't know if that meant that Toronto was also going to get stuck with Westbrook. Because if I were Messiah, I'd just be like, you know what, I'm actually not going to do this. Because I'm not even sure Kawhi would want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for all these things that we assume about Kawhi, I think Kawhi is pretty particular and very secure in knowing exactly who he does and doesn't want to play with. And the beauty for him is that he's in a position to say specifically, here's what it's going to take and teams will jump through the hoop. Look what the Clippers gave up. I mean, that's an amazing place to be. Like, that's a, I wouldn't say unique, but that's a rare place to be when you have that kind of command and the Clippers are like, all right. No, it's that, that's perfect because that's the other thing that we're seeing and Despite Daryl Morey and I in this now infamous Vegas podcast performance. Yeah, how about that? He was like, you know, one thing you have said for years, Ryan, that I do agree with is that you've always thought like these teams that go, hey, we got two first. I'm like, cool, 22 and 27. And one's definitely going to suck. Maybe both. You know? Like, <laughs> exactly. It just, and now it, you can tell that GMs, whether it was Palenka getting crushed for it or the Clippers being praised for it, which are two different deals, because it's not just trading first-round picks for Paul George. You're basically trading for Paul George and Kawhi. And then the deal where, you know, Oklahoma City ended up getting, um, you know, picks picks out of this deal, too, with Westbrook. Uh, the first-rounders are, and Daryl's like, look, they're kind of overrated. They're kind of overrated, especially when you can kind of protect these things. And let's not face it, the GM's job is basically to make sure he can keep his job before anything else. And if a guy's going to trade picks four and five years from now with the way this job works, like they're going to be more likely to go ahead and do some of that stuff. So back to the Kawhi thing, though. 
being in LA messed me up a little bit there for about a 36 hour window. How so? How so? Just because every, Magic, I think, was telling everybody he closed the deal. And that was filtering down to me with people that I knew, and then it was overwhelming. And then I, I did push back though, cause I go, how do we know this when he hasn't even had the Clippers dinner? And then on Tuesday, I'd heard that somebody that I knew that was golfing with somebody with the Clippers was like, nah, they, it's done. They think they have them. And then that Tuesday night, I got the text, Hey, Kawhi's FaceTiming people with the Raptors saying, get us Paul George and I'm good and I'm coming back. And then that got dragged out until Friday. So those tidbits, I believe, I believe Toronto was still in play. And the thing that I've heard, all year long, even going back to when it was weird where it looked like Kawhi was going to be traded there because Woj was reporting that Kawhi wanted the Lakers. But what I'd consistently heard for a year is that LeBron's camp didn't really think Kawhi wanted to play with him. And he had a chance to do it. And guess what? He didn't want to. So that part I always felt good about, despite the fact really good information from a year ago was saying that Kawhi was going to end up on the Lakers and what was happening the week of. But I don't think he ever wanted to play with LeBron. So that's what I'm comfortable saying after the fact, and I'm still willing to admit that there's things that I may not be 100% on. Do you share the belief that that the league is as wide open right now as it's been in, I don't know, pick a time, I don't know when? Because, I mean— 78. Well, I'm, <laughs> it's never been wide open is the is the point that I'd make. I'd say maybe—I mean, ever is a long time, and I'd, I missed a lot of the 50s since I wasn't born— uh, and most most Bob of the 60s. Pettit. Yeah, I don't know what happened back then, old Bullet Bob. But Dolph I, I, Shays. Him. I remember a threesome in Reno. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. Work that into your stand-up. Do that. That's good. <laughs> Dolph, Dolph, Shays, Shays, Dolph Shays threesome. Sure. Could mean anything. Um I, do you? I have no idea if Dolph Shays, I just, you know. Yeah, was involved in, you know. Nothing. Yeah. Is it as does it feel wide open to you at the end of all of it? Absolutely. Let's do the list. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, let's do collectively the list. Let's do. I'm great. Many, I'm great at lists for those that are new to the. Do you podcast. have a pen? Because I, I don't have a pen. I do. I got a pen. I will. I'm prepared to write down whatever you say. Okay. Because I did this on the fly in an IG story today, and then a guy DM me for 400 bucks. So that was cool. What? Yeah. Yeah. Chris Long will get asked for trucks. Like Chris Long showed me a DM name drop. Where a guy was like, hey, I was thinking about picking up a Chevy Silverado, you know, new would be preferable, but I could do something used, low mileage. <laughs> what? And he and he wanted him to buy. He wanted him to. He's like, hey, if you're giving all your money away to education, oh, how about, oh, a, right. how about a Silverado for your boy? Right, because that's the same. Yeah, you need some dip while we're at it. How many tins of dip do you need for the for the front <laughs> in the in the uh Glove compartment. I'll throw a sleeve in there for you. I'd love to pay it forward. Uh, do you want to? Wait, get some a... guys on your Instagram asked for four hundred dollars because you had a list of NBA teams that can win the title. How does that work? Well, I did this thing where you know I've talked about two thousand two being the worst year of my life. It's like so easily definable. I don't know that most people can say, "Hey, this year's without question the worst year of my life." Nah, but you might be able to actually. Uh-huh. Right? I, I, there was some grim. There were some grim years, but two thousand two Rosillo does does have me beat. No, it doesn't. Does it? Well, just from a, I mean, you, the stories you told were, were were pretty compelling. No, those are terrible stories. But I, I just feel like you had maybe some more like, well, I'm not trying to bum everybody out. Here. Oh hey, no, welcome I mean, there's to the bummer podcast. But I, you had a rough year when you were in college, correct? Oh, well, well, for sure. I mean, you, you, I mean, we're taking a real, a real hard <laughs> left turn to dad dying. Yeah, and, and sorry, that, yeah, sorry. No, I, no, but I mean, like the eighty, my Van Pelt eighty eight trumps Rosillo two thousand two for sure. 
Um, well, because I couldn't say, hey, yeah. my 2002 is worse than you when your dad died in 88. And you're like, you're the worst human being ever. No, like you not. lost your job and your girlfriend broke up with you. Sorry, dude. That doesn't trump my deal. Nobody, so I didn't want Nobody told me no when I asked him to marry him, though. Although one girl kind of did. I didn't ask her, but she preemptively knowed me. So. <laughs> this would be amazing. How about this show where we just rank our worst years? You're like, all right, the four seed Rosillo O2 yeah. against the one seed in Van Pelt. Oh, and then yeah, I get yeah. out there. I'm like, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of, but both of us still would kind of want to win because that's yeah. how we're wired. I don't um, want to have, I don't want, actually, I don't want to win that one. I don't want to win that argument. Like we're sitting there at the debate desk and right. then there's like a sports nation poll where the columns go up and you're like, oh, Van Pelt 61%. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so the list is the Clippers. Okay, yeah. But anyway, the list, the guy asked me for 400 bucks. He said, hey, my 2002 is happening right now. Ooh. Tough, tough month. Sorry. Because what do you think? I read it and I just, you know, you don't even know what to do. I, you know, the weird thing is I checked to see if the guy followed me as if that would change it. But I go, if you don't follow me and you ask yeah. for 400 bucks, that's even worse. Okay. <laughs> Both Lakers teams, right? Do you have a favorite between the two? I like the, I like the Clippers better. Significantly? No. You, I, I knew you would pick the Clippers. No. It's it's Kawhi recency bias, I suppose. Anthony Davis is so gross. God, he's good. So so good. Um, it's it's fractional. It's but I just I got to pick somebody. I'm saying the Clippers, and plus I just want Laker fans to be mad because they're great at that. Welcome back. There you go. Okay, so Lakers Clippers yep. agreed. Denver agreed. Yes. No. No. No issue with Denver. Utah, maybe my favorite team out of the entire West. Now, are you saying Utah's is what? Now, what is this list? Teams that are good or no, teams that can win a title? I'm saying lock playoff teams of the eight seeds because I'm going to sure. prove a point here. Okay. Right? Yep. All right. So Utah's lock in. Uh-huh. Portland. Uh huh. Portland's a lock in. Yep. Now, I don't think Portland's that much different. Like I've heard Portland when people start doing that thing where they want to prove the point about how much parity there is, they start using bad examples. If Portland won the NBA title a year from now, I think that'd be pretty weird. Sure. I mean, that's a I hell do. of a jump. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's not just, oh, they were in the Western Conference Finals. They got smoked with a team without Durant. I mean, they couldn't do anything in that series. That was a weird series when you play it back. They had tri- they had double leads. They had big leads in three straight games and won zero of those last three. I think that shows the opponent doesn't respect you at all. No, they're like, well, kind of, all right, time for us to play now. All right, yeah. let's go. So Lakers, Clippers, Denver, Utah, Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to put Houston in there, although part of me wanted to see them just run it back, but I know that Maury has to be thinking in one year, Westbrook, that deal is far more valuable as an asset than another year with Chris Paul, who I went through it yesterday and get up. I mean, he hasn't been healthy at all at the end of these years. And we're shooting. Yeah. I mean, it's my worst. It's, it's my guy, but I, I will now admit some of the flaws. Um, so that's Houston. Mm-hmm. OKC. No, no. All right, you can write them off. That's fine. You better say Kangs. Uh, not yet, though. Mm. San Antonio. You talk to some guys around the league, and it's like, oh, I don't know. But they're going to get Dejounte back, who I kind of love, and it's pop. And they won forty eight games last year. And I didn't think they were that good. There's not a second's hesitation. They're on the list. Okay, so you have. So how many do we have now? Is that seven? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Okay, so that's seven. If you put Spurs, and I think that was a little debatable. That's seven locks. Uh-huh. So that means what's up with Golden State? Right. What's up with Sacramento? Because Sacramento was in it most of the year and then just kind of fell apart as a young team. They have to be better by default if healthy. Dallas, who weirdly enough, because Carlisle's awesome, but with Porzingis back and Doncic and a couple other people, like that's, I wouldn't just write them off as if they have no chance. I don't know that I love Towns and Wiggins as much as we all did a couple years ago, but I can't. 
I can't figure out that ace. I wouldn't sit here today and say this is the one team I'd separate from the rest of that group. Dude, Maybe and, it's the, and the Timberwolves got Lehman, so, I mean, obviously the Jake Nice little Lehman. deal, 13 yep. mil. Hey, good yeah. turp. Getting married this summer. Go get him, Jake. Good luck to you. Is Herder going to be there just firing on everybody's mom? <laughs> I have no idea. I bet he does. I bet Herder hits on moms like Stifler in the first one. And it's out on the dance floor. Just every he's got them all. He's got the sprinkler, but then he's also got whatever the new dances are. He's got all of them. All yeah, of just them. he's like, do we have any rock bass in the house? Exactly. Play it takes two on volume eleven, and then get out here. Where's your crazy aunt that makes bad decisions? No, Herder would never do any of that. Like you know, I'm not divorced. He's not too- yet. <laughs> He's too busy in the gym firing up threes. How did we get from Layman? Oh, you asked if Herder's going to be at Layman's wedding, and then it turned into Stifler. Um, Herder's like you like my hair. <laughs> I don't either, and that's that's just me keeping the the playing field fair for the rest of these chumps. Are you that's, done yet? That's why I wear it like this. That guy can. That guy got bucket second team all rookie. I love him. I know you do. I mean, all the duos. You not gonna him and Trey? I, I, Trey, Trey and Kevin better be six. Where you are making these graphics? How many? How many people are there in the East? How many? How many people are in the East? Bucks, Philly. Who else? Being around the get up, Jalen and Jacoby first take crew. They were all more pro Boston than I've been. Uh, that surprised me a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't put Boston if Boston won the NBA title. That would surprise me. That's more surprising to me than Portland. Yeah, come on, they're not winning it. So you know. no, but the are we going to do that thing where the Bucks just be, oh, they suck? Are we going to do that? That's what's happening to them. That's, and it's that's not what fair. it feels like. Right. That's what. Why? Why? I mean, Brogdon's a nice player, but we also realize that. I mean, do you remember what people were saying after the first two games of the Eastern Conference Finals? I said it. It's a wrap. And and they start. They, how many how many games did they play in the playoffs before Brogdon even played? It was. It I was, think the first two rounds, right? Yeah, they, exactly. Now, granted, Detroit. All due respect. I mean, it was kind of a walkover, but I mean, they. Uh, I don't know. Brogdon. He's a nice player, and you'd rather have him than not. But I don't know if people are going to talk themselves into like, oh, you know, they they don't really have a second guy. Middleton's an all star. I, I know people don't love him. I don't care. I do. I think he's. A, I think he's a really good player. It's it's Milwaukee or Philly. It has to be on paper. Now we all know what's going to happen too, right? Two months in. One team, two teams maybe in the West separate themselves from everybody else. Maybe somebody's playing above their head. I do think the regular season is more separated from what we've seen in the playoffs than ever before uh-huh. in this game. I think the advanced metrics leave us with teams that play a certain way throughout the regular season that's harder to mimic during the playoffs. And I know, you know, spare me with the, uh, the pace slows down. <laughs> you know, like, I got it. I yeah. got it. I've seen some games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate cable package. Speaking of metrics and all, like yes. I know the Houston. I love you're a big analytics guy. Well, I'm not. I mean, I, I understand the value of them, and I think that Houston kind of invites a little bit of heckling with the the level of investment they have in it all. Uh, and and I'm just curious, what are what what do you sell for Harden and Westbrook on the floor together? Two guys that that will pound the air out of the basketball individually, like collectively. How does that work? I go back to two years ago when people said a lot of the same things about Paul and Harden, and they did what actually kind of in hindsight seemed pretty obvious, but no one did it, is they just staggered the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. They just staggered them perfectly. They'd open with them, and then it was, you're not going to see them out on the floor together until like the last six minutes of the game, and it worked. And for all the knocks on Houston and this whole thing, it 
to me, this worked. They were taking on this team that nobody thought could even be stopped. And granted, they lost to them back-to-back years. But the fact they challenged them in 18 the way they did, to me, is kind of a small victory. But again, you're a hotter maca than I am. So... I'm not going to act like they weren't a really good team. They were, and you're right. Unfortunately for them, they were going up against what was a collection of talent that was rare. But, and I'm not, I'm not saying that didn't work. I just, I think Paul and Harden together, it's not the same as Westbrook and Harden. Together. You're right, and that's that's the point. Like Paul taking jumpers, you know, off of off the ball. Although, you know, Paul defenders will say, and I'm not even sure I'm uh, subscribing to this. They're like, yeah, it's it's tougher to shoot great numbers when you're getting the ball thrown at you with three seconds left in the shot clock because the other guy can't get free. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. Even I'm not saying that, but it's it's an observation. You're right. Off the ball, Westbrook is going to be fascinating. If that's what it is. Because, well, they're going to have to play together at some point, and that would be the playoffs. So whatever it is in the regular maybe Houston ends up having an insane regular season. You know, they do a really good job, like, oh, Austin Rivers, he sucks. Oh, wait, he hits open threes and plays good defense and looks like a guy you can play in a playoff game. He's you one know? of, he's, he's a really interesting guy. If his last name was anything but Rivers and he didn't go to Duke, people would look at him differently. But it's, he's Rivers and he went to Duke. What name should he have and where know. should he have gone? Uh, like if he went to, U, if he went to UNC Charlotte and his last name was Copperfield? Him. Yeah. Or Coppin Rath. How about that? Hey. How about okay. if he went? How about if? How about if he went to Burlington? His last name was Coppenrath. I'm just saying that he got he gets crushed because in some of it, it was his own creation. But I just think what I'm trying to say is he's he's better than people give him credit for. You know when Coppenrath and Sorrentine made that run with UVM basketball, and uh, you know at that point I'd been out of town for a little while, and my co-host, really good guy, but he was at the end of the interview. Coppenrath's like from this backwoods town in Vermont that. You know, it's just, when you meet him, you're like, okay, you're not from Manhattan. And the host is like, hey, you got any, uh, you got any, you got any Rosillo stories? <laughs> Copperrest, like 21. It's like, uh, I get, I heard he was a pretty good bartender. I don't know. He wasn't really here. <laughs> wow. Live radio. I was like, yeah, good. I looked at my guy, Pep. I go, great question, dude. Great. But look, be honest, if we're going to say worse, at ending interviews, him or me. Gotta be me. <laughs> it's okay. We all have things we're good at and things we're bad at. Ending interviews, not not a strength. Yeah, but that's why people like you, because it's so gracious. Uh, just let him go. Hey, thanks. I'm going to try that. When I come back from vacation in a couple months, <laughs> hey, thanks. I'm going to do that. That's why I always thought Kornheiser's thing was was perfect. Exactly. Thank you. That that's and it's just so smart. It's, it's just so, so smart. smart. Right. Thank at the end. you. That's it. Five good minutes. Thank you. Hold on. I'm writing this down as a note. To, this is this is me. Just thanks. That's it. Succinct. Are you still when you tape with somebody? Are you starting off with like, hey, how's that four iron? Uh, sometimes, if I know a guy's, if I know a guy's got some, you know. Got the golf Jones, maybe we'll go, we'll go with that. Although, although, and I bring this up often in meetings and sometimes even in the interview, I always think start with the funny because that was, that was a Rosillo observation that was almost always accurate. When you have an, a, a subject to interview, start with the fun stuff rather than at the end. Cause then what happens is that you already know that the end with Van Pelt's going to be excruciating. So then when you get to fun, now, like the end, the end of the interview, which is supposed to be forty-five seconds, is now six minutes because I won't say goodbye. 
You know, that was a very underrated dynamic. Or I don't know if it's underrated is the right word, but people that knew the industry or knew us, mm-hmm. the way the interviews would go on the radio show, like one guy pulled me aside and goes, hey, you guys got to figure out what the hell you're doing on those interviews. And I was like, I agree. He goes, Scott is so nice that you end up becoming even more of a jerk than you are, and it's this good cop, bad cop thing. But the thing is, is you going first kind of sucks for you because you there's a massaging to it, right? A little bit. And so, you know, if you were having on Doc Rivers, he'd be like, hey, Doc, how's that place out in Malibu, huh? The kid's enjoying it? Boom, boom, boom. So I'm sitting there and be like, all right, wait, wasted question. But <laughs> what sucked for you is that I wasn't thinking like, no, this is this is the way you can massage into it. You know, sometimes sure. you can warm guys up. Sure. That's what she said. So the old, yeah, the old, the old interview fluffer. <laughs> yeah, right. SVP, the fluffer. <laughs> Thanks of all interviews. Um, and then the second one would be kind of like, all right, hey, you know, you guys got a good squad. What's going on with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be like, hey, how come you guys lost Chris Paul for nothing? Did you have any indication he was going to do that to you? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, and then you know, the cop gets six whiskeys in him, runs in, and be like, she's a teenager, you know. Sure. Um, so it actually the whole thing wasn't fair to you. So I hope you don't you don't. Beat no, yourself no up. listen, I'm I'm saying this with a legitimate smile on my face. Like I like to think I'm self aware. So I, you know, I, none of this is none of this is unreasonable. No, all. but it does get back to like, hey, you want to go back to game night, buddy? <laughs> the, well, <laughs> Where not, I, not from not not. I was never the one. No, you know? wouldn't have said it. But no, it just no. was something. I would that I would have emailed I, it. <laughs> I needed to be older. I needed to be older to understand. Like there's a way, and I just I wasn't good at that stuff. That's all right. We, like I said, we all we all had our strengths and our weaknesses. Yeah, but I mean, you're doing good. <laughs> uh, you, you know, things are going okay. <laughs> a guy from Citizens Bank's not calling with collections anymore. That was pretty grim. Every month, Paul Trent. If you're out there, Paul, I can hear your voice in my sleep, and it haunts me. Oh, I feel bad because um, they want me to do a. An interview kind of going over the old radio station I was at in Boston at the time. And I'm like, how much do I really want to talk about some of this stuff? Like, do I tell them that my car got repoed while I was doing the show once? Nope. Nope. Keep that one on. Un- keep that one under wraps. Like, my car was stolen. Like, no, the repo guy knew <laughs> he listens to you every day and he knew where the station was. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. You come outside and your car is gone. Yep. Uh, all right. Um, what other NBA stuff did we have? Oh, you know what I should do? I should do a read. Yeah, do a read. Do a read. Golf's final major of the year will be here before you know it. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash prizes don't have to be. With a $1 million top prize up for grabs, now is the best time to try one-week fantasy golf at DraftKings. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers under the $50,000 salary cap before the tournament tees off, then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Who do you like? You like any players there, Scotty? Give me Fleetwood. Nice. I was just listening to a little Fleetwood Mac last night. Rumors. Sign? Fleetwood Mac is so underrated. Totally agree. I got to start listening to them more. You should do it. Yeah, here's here's the things you should do. Uh, Stand up and um, more Fleetwood Mac. 
Done and done. Sounds like it's going to be a big summer. Big summer for Rosillo. And DraftKings will also be running a huge fantasy golf millionaire contest with a $1 million top prize. Download the DraftKings app or go to DraftKings.com before tee off on Thursday, July 18th to enter the fantasy golf millionaire contest for the final major of the year. Use code SVP at sign up to play for $1 million top prize. That's a $1 million top prize. That's code SVP and enter the Fantasy Golf Millionaire Contest to compete for the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. $20 entry. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So what's, what is this? What am I, Stu here? My Stu Gots? I'm reading, I'm reading the Levitard promo pieces. Stu Gots got a good gig. He does. He does have a good gig. Every time I say something like that, they wonder if I'm kind of serious. And, uh, I think only one time was like, kind of serious but eh, i actually maybe. think i like stew enough that i'll take the over on that <laughs> <laughs> evil I'll evil t- laugh i'll take the over. what else is cooking what's going on with your summer you got any plans uh we're just traveling some off off the grid um enjoying it and keeping abreast of things uh i was watching wimbledon i i i was fascinated by that like i don't know how i don't know how much windy. you're sending me tennis texts i i was i i i was really captivated by Djokovic like that guy to me everyone hates him and he sort of stares into the eyes of them all like you know what how about how about this how about two championship points right back in your face it's like Will Kane taking the first take studio there you go yeah unafraid unabashed yeah I will make you love me or respect me one or the other but Djokovic I, I everyone loves Fed and I love Fed I know you you got the you got the hat you still got that hat got a bunch of them hard to get now though yeah, well, I mean, he's moved on. He's, Hard to get now. He's with a new, uh, new gear. There's a place over here, that new gear place, that uni, whatever. You want me to pick you up some shorts? All set. All set on the tennis stuff. Um, just checking. Um, I appreciate that. I just, I, I love watching Federer. He's still great. And I love that Djokovic is that they don't want him to win. And he still does. I mean, I just, I appreciate this something about that guy that I don't know. I thought that was, Captivating. Like I was trying to go outside and do stuff, but it was. I mean, it's ten ten in the fifth. I mean, what am I? What am I, an idiot? I'm gonna sit here and watch it. My kids were trying to watch. Lila's like, how come they? No one wins. Like, Is that what she was saying? She was. She was like, why, did <laughs> some, well, I mean, it did go on for quite some time. She's like, are they still playing? Yep. I don't get it. I'm did like, she want to do something else? Change the channel? Go outside? She wanted. It was hot. I think she wanted to go out and do some water balloons. You know, throw them at the neighbors. Are you back in Connecticut though, or are you down at the? Uh... We were at the beach down in Delaware, down at the. You got a compound down there now, or what? Nope, nope. Uh, Would my, you tell me if I did? Yeah, without question. I mean, I give you the key. I give you the code if it were gated. You let me stay at the place, the other place. It was a total, just so everybody understands, completely seamless transaction. Boom. It was well free. Mate, just sort of just just walk in. It's not a great place to go out, first of all. So there wasn't really much room for error. To go out. No, yeah. that's, that's not a going out place. No, I learned that pretty quickly. I was like, maybe I'll cut this a day short and go back to the South Beach. And South Beach can be horrifying by yourself. So I felt like I, I felt like I laid out for you that the, that you were going to be off the grid. Like I, I didn't make it out to be. No, like, I knew. Hey, I no, knew no, the you deal. Go, go to coconuts for happy hour, and then right after that, you're going to want to go to the sea breeze. Now, there's none of that. None of that's happening. Make sure you get to the general store by six for fresh salmon. <laughs> uh, I knew that. That was an off the grid week. That was a, that was a. Yeah, but you, you definitely were kind of looking around going, it is pretty bleak and grim here at 9 PM. It's always weird when you're a dude and at that point in your thirties in great shape and walking around by yourself and it's like a kid deal. The only other time it's more awkward when I was at the Princess Tower at the, um, what is it? Disney World 
at the Yacht Club, and I was staying in the Princess Tower, and I was by myself reading in a hammock, and people were like, that guy's by himself? Man, he's in good shape, too. He should be somewhere where that would be a, a marketable commodity. There has to be a better spot for him yep. than Disney World. Yep. And, and down and down where you were, it was not a better, one of those better spots. South Beach definitely would have been better. So Okay, so Dewey? Yep. No, no it, was, it was Bethany. It was family time. What's that the difference? Good. Uh, what's the difference between Bethany and Dewey? People it, that know the DMV are, are chuckling to themselves. So is it like saying like the difference between Greg Brady and the situation? Something like that. The difference, yeah, that's exactly what it is. The difference is Bethany is uh, boardwalk and ice cream and families Americana, and Dewey is the starboard and voicemails. So you know oh. that's how that goes. Hey now, that's still you know that's jo- that joke still lands even almost fifteen years later. You got screwed on that tale. I don't care. I'm, I'm you talking, did though. I, I just like I like when people know what actually happened. Oh, that's it's fine. Everybody everybody was having screwed a good screwed on that deal. Everybody was having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh hey, let me give you the quick Chicago uh, hour content, may I? Yeah, I love that we've never gonna we're never gonna forget this. I'm one. gonna do this forever. I don't know how many of these we're gonna do. Maybe just maybe we'll do two and never do it again. I don't care. Uh, I'm gonna give you the Chicago hour content. Hey, how about that Daniel Gafford, huh? Second-round pick out of Arkansas out there at the Summer League, doing a little rim-protecting and some offensive rebounding. I think you guys got a got a steal with the 38th pick, Bulls. Daniel Gafford thought he might be a lottery pick down at Arkansas, came back, somehow slid to the second round. I think he got some value there, Bulls. Daniel Gafford, you're going to enjoy him. Yeah, coming up next, if you could have a do-over, Jay Cutler or Mark Pryor? Coming up next, but we got a giveaway... Go to Wiener Circle late night. Right. And don't forget Lodge two for ones after 2 a.m. Is the Wiener Circle still a thing? I don't. I haven't gone there when I go to Chicago. It I, was, had a, I had a weird little Chicago run where I was going there a bunch. It was 20 some odd years ago, but my girl Coffee, God bless you. You were one of the all time sweethearts. That that lady, she and I had a thing, me and Coffee. She was awesome. You dated the Wiener Circle chick? I did not, but she and I just had Her a, name was Coffee? She must have been a smoke show working at a hot dog stand that late. She, people in Chicago, help me out. Anybody remember coffee? She was absolutely hostile to everyone that walked in the door. (laughs) But for some reason, I don't know why, but she and I, I mean, I was was there like a couple of times. Some people just like, you've been around, you've been in the game even though you're off the grid and you've been out of the game for a while. But you can see when somebody has a little twinkle on their eye because they just see size. Yeah, yeah. They see all 6'6", maybe 6'7", and they go, that's, that's. Not unique, but rare. Ah, thank you. That's for me. Yeah, thanks. I told people in, when I was down at the beach about your about how much you got a kick out of my crab cake uh, grading because I'm going to give a pub. I'm going to give you know what? this is this is unsponsored content. Uh, Woody's down at Dewey Beach. You want the best crab cake? And uh, anywhere, go to Woody's in uh, Dewey Beach. And we had a crab cake from there, and we were talking about a good crab cake. And as you know, I would tell you if it was a bad crab cake and how baffling it was to you that I cared about such a thing. <clears throat> you know what? I had time to reflect on that. We all have food things that we get really prideful about, almost weird. That I'm weird and, about crab cakes for sure. And you should be. I mean, that's kind of your thing. Right. That's your deal. I, I always think it's funny, too, when my dad will be like, well, you know, he's going to be different. He's from the South. I'm like, Dad, it's Maryland. Like He's not, he's not from Cobb County. Nope. Yeah. I don't know. He seems to think he seems to think everything below New Jersey's the south. That's a that's that's a kind of a point of contention for north for people from the north would tell you like Mason Dixon it's 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 a little it's a little gray. 
Nobody knows. I think Kentucky's south. I don't care. I don't care what longitude, latitude you're talking. Well, that, who would argue that it isn't? Early settlers of the West. Got any history for the people? Uh yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, see, I already did this. You would have enjoyed this because there was this newspaper that just decided that no matter what George Washington did, they just trash him. Mm. Like they were the ones that just said, I don't, you know, whatever. It was like the first version of political talk radio where it was just no matter what. And Washington was just beside himself. He couldn't understand it. He'd be like, what? Um, so it was like he had, it was like a Twitter troll, but they wrote with a, with like a quill. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there were so many newspapers back then. Newspaper industry was, the baseball writers had plenty of jobs. So <laughs> it was, uh, you know, every day they'd be like, oh, you know, the Harrelsburg Gazette. I always think the name, like that must have been the fun thing. Like, hey, you want to start up another newspaper? Yup. What do you want to call it? I don't know. Is is the gypsum bugle taken? <laughs> Hamble, the Hamiltonian. Uh, that's a horse race. No, not yet it isn't. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. What other book? Oh, I finished um, a book about the history of punk in New York City. That the, sounds interesting. Yeah, Please Kill Me is the name of the oh. book. And it was reissued recently. So I think the book came out like a long time ago. This guy, Legs McNeil, that was behind Punk Magazine. I didn't know a lot about punk music. It never really, you know, a lot of my influences musically were either from musician guys with the jazz stuff or being a white basketball player. So obviously I love rap. And then, you know, the classic rock deal, which you and I have been over extensively. Um, but I don't have much punk. I didn't know much about it. And you know what? I don't think I missed anything because that stretch of early 70s New York City is as filthy as anything this country has ever seen. The fact that New York City is what it is today, even 40, 50 years removed from that time, because even New York was gross in the 80s, it was disgusting. And everybody just hooked up with each other. Genders were not really that big of a deal. Drug use was rampant. And a lot of these guys that would start bands like, yeah, we couldn't play anything, so you got the bass, I'll just bang on the drums. And then like a year later, they'd be the biggest band in the city. It it very weird. Very weird. And the name of it is? Please Kill Me. All right. I'm going to jot that down for something that I'm not going to have time to read, but I'll still write it down. I got to a point with books where I got sick of reading about other people's drug use. Mm. You know, as a non-drug user, it was always fascinating to me to learn about it, but you know, how many times do you want to read about William S. Burroughs shooting up? Probably once or twice. Did you it. ever go through that, like reading deviant behavior stuff? Like when I was younger, I couldn't read enough of it. I thought it was all fascinating because it's just so crazy to me to think like these guys, these lives are so messed up. And then you just get older and you start going like, you know what I want to do? Bang out 400 pages of drug use again. Yeah, that's it. it it's some, it's sometimes it becomes like uh, exhausting. Yeah. So um trying to think. I don't know. The book review stuff isn't that great. I, I do have a new game for us, though. I'll have a better book review on the next one. How about that? No, I mean, it's just whatever you're reading. I, I admire the fact that you have time to read. If, um, you, if you want to know what's going on uh, on Paw Patrol, then I, let me know. That I can help you with. Old Mayor Humdinger, whatever that mayor's name is. Paw Patrol, efficient or not efficient? Oh, it's just, well, it's it's really well done. Really well done. You know, we got, we got, uh, we got, uh, we have... 
It's it's like a it's like Three's Company from back in the day. And every every episode, there's, yeah. there was there was a, a miscommunication. Somebody got confused, but then ah, uh, son of a gun! By the end of it, old Jack and Chrissy and everybody, they were everything was fine. Same kind of deal. We got we got a problem, um, and the chase is on the case, man. Um, we got we got an assortment of of dogs that are ready to do any number of things. We can fly. We can lift heavy stuff. So we got a problem. Probably humdinger's behind it because he's this mayor that's not a good guy. Uh, but you the, think he'd lose in a, an election? You would, but I don't know. I mean, somehow I've seen episodes. Uh, why? Uh, when I go to Denver and I stay with the Walshes, they've got um, two young boys, Locke and Henry, and they're a bit of a handful. Uh huh. And they have gone from basically saying we'd rather we prefer you don't stay at the house when you come to visit <laughs> to. Will you please stay here? Because now that they've learned that when I stay there, the four-year-old doesn't wake them up in the morning. He wakes you up? He wakes me up because he likes me. Kids do like me. I know that surprises people. And then we throw on Paw Patrol and we just sit in bed and, and watch Paw Patrol and his parents get to sleep in a little bit. Sure. So I think, you know, the goings on in Adventure Bay. Uh, they got stuck in a cave in one of the episodes. I remember yeah, but a cave. I bet, but I bet somebody had a, a flashlight and I bet somebody else had a doohickey that got him out of that son of a gun, didn't it? Right? Whatever it is, the problem seems to be solved within 20-something minutes. That's my point. Kind of like those kind of like those crazy miscommunications with old uh, Furley. Different show, different dynamics, yes. Who was the pervert neighbor? Him, Furley, right? What no, Mr. Furley was the old maintenance guy. That was... uh Oh, Larry. Larry, Larry yeah. Larry the Regal Beagle, giving Regal. everybody, giving the ladies the what for. <laughs> By the way, go back and watch an episode I did recently. Uh-huh. If you had, I don't know, if they're 20-year-olds, because we know younger dudes, uh, based on the people that come up to say hello to me, are listening to this more than any other demographic, if a guy in his 20s... We're going to sit there and watch an episode of Three's Company and then go, let me get this straight. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You, like an entire country was entertained and locked into this for a bunch of years in a row. And then you're going to tell me, you're going to give me advice on how to make decisions. Like, are you kidding? That's a pretty fair point. It doesn't, it's, it's, it is, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. Tough sell. Tough sell. (laughs) Just like, hey, what are you going to, I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. What are you, what are you firing up tonight? Oh, we're gonna um, go down to the Regal Beagle yeah. and, and see if uh, Chrissy's si- no Chrissy's sister is coming in and Larry's oh. out of control. Yeah, and Larry he's thought seven was... whiskey sours into his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> he thought Chrissy's sister was mom. Yeah, no, it's not out. her mom. It's no. her sister. Oh, oh it's all everything. This whole fine. time. Oh, let's man. sit on the couch again and hash it out. There's, there's something to be said. If you're younger, you should be like, you know what? I want to listen to any of you people. Yeah. You loved that show for a decade. Yeah. What's wrong with you? All right. Let's do one more read and then I've got a new show segment idea. I don't remember how to do this. Do you have the script available? I do, but I, here, let me just say this. If it's hot outside and you're wearing underwear that makes your junk sweat, what are you even doing? Right? That's bad. It's hot a lot of places right there, right now. Am I doing a good job with yeah, that so they, far? Yeah, they did tell us to ad-lib a bit at that's, the beginning. That's, that's what it says. Tommy John has the perfect solution. Tommy John's innovative cool cotton underwear for men and women is a summer must-have. It's like your own body air conditioner. They sent me a bunch of them, and it is. Does it say you can't? You won't get a wedgie? Because mine says you don't get wedgies. They look so good, I've taken the garbage out in them, not even <laughs> thrown pants on. But I just, at, I just at, assume somebody's like, 
Compression shorts, I hope. Nope. As you've established, though, you're in really good shape. Tommy John's cool cotton fabric features breathable, lightweight fibers that keep you two to three times cooler and dry four to five times faster than regular cotton. The men's underwear feature that contour pouch to keep you neat and nestled, you know what I'm saying? Plus, their quick draw fly for rapid deployment saves you 217 minutes of unnecessarily fumbling per year. I would, I don't wouldn't even double check these stats. I imagine they're right. Um, the men's and women's underwear sport a no wedgie guarantee. All their underwear comes in a range of styles and fabrics that are suited to your entire summer wardrobe. The legs never ride up. The waistband never roll down. And the unique design ensures there's no pinching or bunching ever. Tommy John is so sure you're going to love the fit and feel that it's all backed by their best pair you'll ever wear guarantee or it's free. That is a guarantee. That means if you don't love the first pair, you get a full refund. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash SVP to get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash SVP for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash SVP. TommyJohn.com slash SVP. Good job. Okay, uh, are you ready to bang out this new segment that we've we've created? Let's just be honest with the people. You created it, and I'm like, yep, I like it. It's funny. Okay, all right. We've had a different, couple different times. I think I, I don't know if you and I ever did this though. I think I came up with this after you, and then I had a real creative rut. So um, it's post me because it, I, I, I've seen, I, I've seen the essence of this elsewhere in your work. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here it is. The segment's called Line Movers. We pit different people up against each other, and SVP and I have to set the line. Mm-hmm. All right? So, guy who talks junk to high school football players on social media versus guy who lies about scholarship offers he didn't get in high school. So, basically, we have to come up with a line that we think sets, like, this guy's way worse than that guy is, so that guy minus six or whatever. The guy that's on social media talking junk to high school football players and if, and we're, we're probably talking about it's kind of a, a molding of the two because it's the guy that kind of is yeah right because it's the guy who's following the guy who's following the team he likes and there's is probably recruiting this guy and then that guy picks the other school he's mad that they didn't take their scholarship but let's just say that the, if you fudged who was interested in you versus talking something junk on the internet to a 17-year-old, that guy's a loser. That guy's like a 10-point favorite over the guy that, that fudged his scholarship offers. It's got to at least be a touchdown, right? I'm saying more than a touchdown. I'm saying a healthy healthy double-digit 10 You point. hate him more than anybody, so I knew that this was going to be a big number. Big number. Um, I've played pickup hoops with a bunch of guys that have lied. And when you're younger, you know, somebody's decent to be like, hey, do you get a couple looks? Yeah, coach screwed me over. Uh, well, I had a full ride in Michigan State, but... You know, then whatever. I'm like, full ride to Michigan State? Like, you're pretty good, but you, that's a lie. Like, right. full ride to Michigan State? We're we're in Chatham, Mass, playing pickup here, bro. Right. No, you, you weren't getting Big Ten looks, for sure. I, I think that there's – I th- but I think that's – I think there's more of those than there are guys that say to some four-star recruit – you know, you're a loser and kill yourself. <laughs> I mean, I pray, yeah, right, I pray right. that, that guy's worse because he's he's actually attacking high school kids. This right. dude's just lying to other people that he's playing. Yeah, you're just with. trying to make the conversation better. And you're like, wow, you got looks from Michigan State. Like he he hasn't made a shot in a week. <laughs> and he's been here every day. But you know how like I, I've always tried to. This is something I, I actually am proud of that I've I've learned over the years that. You know, whenever you're talking about some of these bigger social issues, right? Like this, the equal pay with soccer. There's some things that I think are really messed up and there's things that I think are kind of headline grabbers. But then again, 
I think of it too often, or I, I think we all do this too often. It's like, how do I feel? Okay, well, how I feel is how most people feel. But anybody that would sit there and go, well, wait a minute, no one's saying this to you. And you go, well, wait a minute, I play pro soccer, I'm a female, look at some of the garbage people say to me. Like you're trying to tell me no one's saying it. And I'd be like, okay, well, nobody that you would actually like engage with at any point, but it's actually being said. So was it RJ Hampton who goes to New Zealand and then he does this big media blitz and I was looking at some of his social media stuff and, and he's like, oh, they get big mad when you get that big bag. And then other people are like, tell them, bro, and screw that and all this different stuff. And I'm going, no one really cares, man. Like, it's, congrats. Good for you. You're going the different path. Does it really matter? And then I'm thinking, who cares? And then you start digging into it. And RJ Hampton's thinking the entire world has turned on him because of all the places he turned down as a basketball recruit. And there are these jerks, these minus 10 jerks that we're talking about that are talking junk to a kid, again, that's just coming out of high school. So even though I can think on the national consciousness level, like guys are going to turn the page on that story in minutes, not days. But the people that were attached to these schools that thought he was coming in, they're mad. And he's only seeing that and reacting to that, thinking it's a much bigger deal. And he's also a kid. Yeah, that's that's also... You said it in one sentence, and we will move. So I, I'm with you. Nine and a half minus ten. That guy sucks. Thanks. Okay. This one stings a little, but I'm going to do it anyway. CrossFit guy versus old school gym guy that tells you he's hurt all the time, and that's why he isn't lifting more. Is that what you are? I'm hurt all the time. But I don't say, like, I don't do bench now and then turn back and look at 225 and go, oh, I haven't done it in a little while. I just some <laughs> elbow stuff. Like, I just, I accept that I suck. That guy's that, the CrossFit guy's worse, a lot worse. Old school a touchdown worse though. Uh, I'm gonna say I feel like I'm, it's close. I feel like it's more than a field goal. Let's call. It, I'm calling it four and a half. That's, I don't. I don't have an argument with that. That's because you're old school gym guy. <laughs> that's because you're old school gym guy with the wrist wrap. Right, you come in there like Hardy and Warrior. Ah, warm your guy up. What accent is he doing in that? By the way, I don't know. Hammered. Hey, you owe me. You owe me two hundred bucks. I'll fight him. You owe me. How great is that? You owe me two hundred bucks. I'll fight him. And then when he was in the Revenant, he just started doing a Philadelphia type Baltimore type accent. I read it. I read an article about how he just did this like weird like Philadelphia slash Baltimore accent. Like, what are you doing, man? We're in the frontier. The guy's wearing a bear. I love when you forget. You just start swearing. Uh, just beat me. No, I. Edgerton, who's also in The Warrior, which is one of the greatest movies ever, is so bad at his accent in Black Mass that by the end of it, like, it felt like they filmed that thing in order and they drank the whole time. And Edgerton's like, if I just do hammered mouth, will that pass but in, for the North Shore? But if you notice, in, in any movie that's set there, for people that aren't from there, the accent sort of is, it's in and out. Like the, Not every word. We say this all the time. Right. Jack Nicholson. Everybody loves Nicholson and The Departed. But it's like some scenes. Is the name like, of The Departed. Does he have it or does he not have the accent? And he's, I'm not ripping Nicholson. I'm just saying the accent. You accents. are, but you don't no, want to be not. on the record. I'm, just say, I'm saying that it's, that it's hard to remember to do that accent. Edgerton, in some moments in Black Magic, like, oh, you don't want to watch Roger Clemens? Oh. Is that what he does? Yeah, really? and I think the English guys mess like Cumber Smash. He, <laughs> he, he, I don't know what the hell he's doing in it. I don't know what he every is. look. I'm just telling you, somebody's going to write this. The Atlantic won't write it, but somebody should write it. They should. Probably the not, English, probably the, not the New Yorker either, but somewhere, somebody like cover this. 
American men are losing the great roles in cinema. So you we know? got CrossFit as a minus four and a half against the CrossFit school. minus four and a half. <laughs> okay. Okay. Guy that only dates girls. Oh, wait a minute. Excuse me. Guy who hits on everyone asks, what's her deal about every girl that's in the mix versus guy that only dates girls that dated his friends because that's his only way in socially? That feels real specific to you. It feels like yeah, you. Yeah, that second one is yeah. real. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to let you set the line here because I don't, I, like in our circle, the, the people would have just, shamed you beyond reason if you tried to go that route so this feels like a line that you should set it is annoying especially because as an older guy anybody that's divorced and that guy hasn't been out there he hasn't been out in the game for maybe a decade i mean his confidence is absolutely shattered he's wearing pleated khaki still still it's just you know he hasn't had to update anything and now he's just been released back into the wild and if any, if he gets any attention from any girl, it's like, hey, what, what was her deal? Like, does she? And you're like, I don't know, dude. She's young and probably doesn't want to date you. That's where I would start. Mm-hmm. So that guy's not great, but it's a minus six guy that dates only the girls that dated his friends because you look at him and go, without any of us establishing a relationship where you get to play non-threatening friend side guy. That she's vaguely familiar right, with and wouldn't mind right. meeting out because she thinks right. she's just going to go get a sandwich. But really, you're kind of like, maybe? Huh? No, What's every up? hello was a little brick being laid in the foundation <laughs> of I'm going to backdoor you every chance I get. Your friends suck if that's what they were doing. We got two. We got two that fall into that category, unfortunately. Well, you need to hang out with different bricklayers. Okay. guy that may, <laughs> The guy that says athletes make too much. Versus guy that thinks players should have 100% power, no cap, no draft, can leave teams, do whatever they want, no recourse whatsoever for team. This is a great one because the guy that's complaining about how much somebody makes, that guy sucks. Because this is just how it works. This is just how, where they get all that money. Yeah, well, pick something else to be mad about. Exactly. Pro athletes making too much money. There's anyway. plenty of stuff to be mad at. But then the guy that doesn't want there to be any consequence. Just anarchy. To a guy like Anthony Davis just basically telling the Pelicans, no, nah, I'm good. I, I need to not be here. And then it works. And you love that. See, I don't love that. I'm oh, not... I don't know that I love it. I no, my... no, 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 not you. I'm saying the guy. The guy, right. That right. guy. You, you guys love that. But there can't just be lawlessness in the streets. Like if, if your deal, when you sign it, you were, you were thought it was a good deal. Everybody thinks they're underpaid by the middle of that next deal, not the end of it, the middle of it. I understand. But there has to be more time, especially in the NBA, of serving out your deal before you're looking to go. And you, I'm, I'm really anti the people that love that as, oh, this is great because they got pa- power. So, so that we're going to empower them to the point that the people that the governors of the team, Governors. Um, How much better has society been since they changed God, it? Thank God. Because, I mean, before that, like it, last was, week, it was grim. So but now, man, it is all cake and ice cream. Um, I think I think the guys, I feel like this is a pick em. No, I actually think that the, everything, you know, what? I'll say, and I'll argue with some people that, that I really like, the player isn't right every single time. I agree When with they you. try to call their own shot. I agree. Okay? I mean, there's still, like, are we just... 
outdated morons that think there's something to be said for a team being established or, hey, I'm the team that spent a draft pick on a guy and, like, we want him around longer than four years. Uh, you know, and the whole, like, oh, well, you know, they can get rid of you whenever you want. Yeah, that's the job. That's life. People exactly. get rid of every one of us whenever none of us seem to be valuable enough, right. especially for those that are being compensated this and way. And you, not you, that guy, you, is out there outraged over the fact that Anthony Davis is like the kid that they can fire him. This is just that's just a real life application that that actually bleeds into the NBA that we all deal with. We could you, know, you could get fired at any time. Yeah, we all can. And you're 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 worried about them. They're fine. They're fine. I think absolute power players never wrong guys a minus 3. Really? Yeah, no, I think he's worse. So we're just saying he's. Come on, think about the guy out there. I I drive I drive a truck every day. Oh, all right. My dad was a plumber. I mean, we I get it. Like I I I respect anybody that works hard. But don't you're going to be mad at what somebody makes in the NBA? Like you think it's a pick'em, huh? I don't. I'm I'm saying they both are. They both have loathsome qualities is what I'm saying. I have a really hard time saying one's worse than another because the guy complaining about how much guys make, that's just, that's what it is. And the guys that think that a player can't ever be wrong, you're, you're saying it very well there. The guys can be, you're allowed to say that, you know, two years out on your deal, maybe you could still play for your team. <laughs> I know. What a, it's not what a lot a to jerk ask. jerk you are. For not not a lot to ask. You know what I'm making the mistake of here? I've been so dismissive of the first guy. Like, he, I've just ignored him. I'm like, oh, you're one of those guys? Okay, whatever. The second guy bothers me more because right. I feel like it's more people that I work with. And and, and that's, that's again, I, that's, I think that's the perfect summation of this. Because the first guy, you're just like, you're just, you don't get it. Whereas that you want to argue with the other people yeah. because they're maybe they're, they're intellectually you feel like you're on common ground and you just how could you miss what's so obvious? Yeah, would it just be better like no salary cap? Okay, like, I'd be willing to listen to that. Um, no draft, you just get to sign as a free agent. You pick where you want. Like when somebody writes an article that says, you know, these these young men are denied a right that all of us have in society. And be like, yeah, they also get paid like a ton of freaking money to go play basketball. Right. So you know, is a draft. The draft, the worst thing, is it really that terrible of a thing? And look, it's fun. I'd be bummed out if there was no draft. Okay, or we just call it free agency rookie. And then, show. and then, Woj, and then Woj would never sleep. Speaking of, boom, segue, professional anchoring. Okay, line movers. Two more. Guy on Twitter that thinks Woj isn't that great at his job versus guy on Twitter that thinks SVP didn't run enough Cleveland Indians highlights because he hates the Indians. Every fan thinks that we hate their team, except Maryland fans that know that I don't hate them and Vermont fans that know you, you don't hate them. Vermont doesn't really get too worried about it either way. Just Let's say LSU way. fans. They know that you're familiar, that you're fond of uh, of how they do it down in Baton Rouge. Uh, and, and there's fan bases that I think... Ole Miss game this year on the schedule. Let's do it. Nice. When is it? It's the middle of... Actually, it might work out for you. It's right in the middle of uh, November. All right. Let me pencil that in right next to... Please kill me for something that I won't do. Yeah, maybe you just hit up. I'm going to check my Wheels Up app here. I don't know if I have the same membership that you do, but we'll see. Well, I can get you some hats, though. Got some new <laughs> new, some new shirting. Ask Kenny if there's any zip-ups. New left. shirting this year. Quarter zips. That's the, that's what everybody's wearing. The, the the Every fan base thinks we hate them because we can't love them as much as you love them. So I, 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 
I try to honestly engage with people and explain to them just so they understand, like, if a highlight doesn't make the show, maybe it was going to and it didn't, or maybe it just didn't make the show, because I, I, I appreciate that person. The guy that thinks Woj isn't good at his job is probably a Laker fan and thinks that Woj has hate in his heart for your team, and you guys spent weeks telling him what an idiot he was because Kawhi was coming, um, and then he, and he didn't. I got called an idiot by so many, like, Lakers fans, but, like, blue check Media members that were still Lakers fans telling me how stupid I was about the Kawhi thing. So, oh, uh, when you argued with the guy about Woj, because he was basically, I'm sorry that I saw that Twitter fight, because the guy goes, What's so great about Woj? He just hit send. (laughs) You're just like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't. Are you kidding? Like, that to me is two touchdowns. Yeah, that guy, yeah, that guy's, let's make it more. Let's make it like Alabama. Against, against Georgia Southern. Hey, Southern, you guys can play. I know it. Um, Although that one year, Southern played him tougher. I know uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, obviously, as you say it in the recall, we're like, oh, we have to worry about it because Southern was. Yeah, because this is where the Georgia Southern fan will get mad and go, you forget about that time we went down there. Uh, relax. Ran the hell out of the ball. <laughs> um, let's say, let's make it Alabama versus random, uh, Conference USA team. Okay, so we're talking minus twenty at one, least twenty, yeah, twenty four and a half. Yeah, that because because that guy sucked. I read the tweets. I'm sorry, I don't read you too many of your Twitter fights anymore. But don't that you? One, I don't get many, but I mean that I was. But that one was just like the absurdity to think that really all Woj's job was hitting send on a tweet, as if it isn't years of cultivating relationships and having people basically check in with him yeah. at this point. Okay, uh, final one. Yep. NFL player that complains about his Madden rating versus NFL player that complains about NBA salaries. Um, who's who's how many how many NBA NFL guys are complaining about NBA salaries? Usually, there's a good chunk. Really? Not it's not the same number as the Madden things. The most like it got so boring that I remember you and I on the radio show. You know, let's not be the show that goes, "Oh, look who hates his Madden rating." Oh my God, he's so upset about it. You know, it just. It's so dumb. There's there's not that much to it. Nobody would ever be like, you know what? I'm probably like a 72. Yeah, and here's the thing. You're just going to go in there and p- pump your you know speed up to 96 anyway, right? Yeah, just just cyborg that's, yourself. That's that's fixing. That's easily fixable. So Stanford don't, Steve style. Um, I don't I don't know how many. I see everybody's com- and complaining about their rating. Um, that that happens a lot. Um, I haven't seen as many people complain about the. And about the NBA. the NBA thing bothers me more because I just go it, it just to me it's waving a flag or putting on a hoodie that says I don't get it big graphics <laughs> on the front like hey I'm gonna put on my don't I don't get it hoodie and then tweet about the discrepancy in NFL and NBA salaries uh, you set the line I'm gonna say minus a touchdown I'm gonna I'm gonna say that guy's worse okay do you have anything else to add for this podcast yeah. Uh, one big thing, look for it everywhere. <laughs> it's going to be in the Mina Kimes feed. Yeah, no, we're not going to we're not going to do that. Would that would be great. We should just start having people plant the one big thing into different feeds sporadically. No, because people get mad when it's not the content they want. Like I ordered a burrito, sir. This is French toast, and that's fair. That's a fair critique. But it isn't. It isn't the same thing. It's like saying, "Hey, I wanted a burrito," and be like, "Oh, well, this is a." piece of chicken and rice with guacamole and tomatoes and it's wrapped in a flour tortilla but we left an end open like it's it's the same it's it's van pelt content people just don't like you're right people don't be 
People just want. They were told one thing, and yep. they they couldn't adapt to the one big thing. Ah, they just want more. They just want more of a, of you and me doing this stuff. I'm going to work on my stand-up. I'm going to tighten that up. Yeah, I would. I would avoid just calling an entire region of the world racist. Um, wait. No, I I didn't do that. What was it? Was it was some- the whole setup. It was the build-up. Like ah, there was going to yeah, be a yeah. pause. It was going to be the. It was going to be my. It might be my opener. Right. So the room is like, oh my god! Oh, here we go. This guy off the stage. This 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 shaved head, bearded guy with a zip up hoodie. Oh, he's gonna. Ooh, I I didn't see that one coming. Oh, the Swedes. They are big. That is a big group. And they, and they, they do are. stop in strange places when we're walking down Fifth Avenue. I'm take- telling you, you're gonna people are gonna be tweeting me left and right. Be like, you know what? You're right about the Swedes. They're constantly in the way. Mm-hmm. I still love them though. Uh, who doesn't? They're lovely folks. Um, Forsberg. I, he's a Swede, right? One of many. Um, I'm Joe try- Sackick? I'm tr- I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm trying to figure out what all the other end things I have. I, I, don't, I don't have anything. Um, but Terry Kopanen? Kind of fizz- this kind of fizzling finished. out. I already did Chicago content. That was- yeah, this is it. I think we should stop now because I think it's clearly over. Yep, it's done. Okay, you can check out Van Pelt Show. You working again until September? Uh, we'll be back for a couple days in August, and mostly we're going to be vacationing. All right. That sounds good. Uh, Van Pelt and I will be back for uh, another one in August. Yeah, for sure. And we can't thank you enough, though. It, it, seriously, we knew it would do well. The first one came in, shattered all sorts of numbers. So everyone went, whoa, okay, here we go. Yep. And so, they're going to make uh, celebratory visors and, uh, and, and bumper stickers for us, and we can't wait. <laughs> You're going to say ZipRecruiter on the back, and they'd be like, check us out live from Chicago Roof Deck. Or, oh, no, we're no, going to cancel this on Thursday, and Cowherd's going to throw out the first pitch. No, we're going to Elgin. Shout out to Elgin. <laughs>